Hello and welcome to episode three of the Regista podcast with me and Mr. Jones, asking mum and dad for that reference. Uh, today we're talking about cup final preparation, what with it being the FA Cup final this weekend, the Europa, uh, the Europa League final last night. Uh, was it last night? Yes, it was last night. And the small matter of the Champions League final coming up soon. You'd have thought that the Liverpool fans might have mentioned that by now, wouldn't you? So I'm joined as ever by Mr. James Jones. How are you today, Jamesy? Very, very good. How are you, Chris? Yeah, not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. I'm sitting outside in the lovely Spanish desert today, which is why there might be a little bit of wind on the uh, on the microphone. But but hey, it doesn't sound like I'm sitting in a toilet. No, no, I can hear the birds singing, which is nice. Yeah, that's nice. You might hear some dogs barking if we get if we get interrupted. Oh, that'd be It might be turning into a bit of old McDonald as the. Uh, as the podcast goes on, but we like to try and make it a little bit different. So, uh, so yeah. But as we said, James, today's theme is uh, preparation for cup finals. Have you ever been in a cup final? Yeah, I've been in quite a few actually. Ooh. Uh, I know I say every week, but my uh, my fantastic Brentford save. I was, in, <laughs> I was in many a cup final over the years. Have you been in any other cup finals other than anything that was to do with that sodding Brentford team? Yes, yes, I'm. Current Boreham won. I won. I won the FA Trophy, didn't I? Didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, and I won the playoff final, which is more than oh, they did. No, I didn't. I won the league. You won the league. They they no, did win the playoff. I won, um, I won the Czech Trade Trophy as well, didn't I? So. Oh, very nice. Whatever you call it. Okay, well then you might actually have something to to add to this discussion around preparing for cup finals. I've not been in in too many recently, actually. Though in the last week, in perfect planning and preparation for today's podcast i have actually been in the south african fa cup final with blomfontein celtic and, and i won it so uh so boring everyone with what i did to win that game as this as this podcast goes on but uh let's 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 go back into a bit of time then then james tell us your greatest cup final greatest cup final um it will it will have to be as part of that brentford segment um it was the first Champions League that I won out of, I think, four or five. Um, and I remember it well because we were playing um, Man United and we were 3-0 down. But it was very Istanbul, actually. We were 3-0 down, not at half-time. Um, and we ended up winning it 4-3. So, um, thanks to some incredible touchline shouts and late late substitutions, we went and won it in, in added time. So... Um, but then from there it was plain sailing. After that, you kind of you kind of went on a bit of a run and carried on winning it. But that first one was always quite special, um, particularly in the way that we did it. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think um, I've always been a cup final fan. I think um, even over even over winning leagues, for some reason, I've always preferred a cup final and a cup run. I think that's sort of the, is the way it went for me when I was playing as well. As I was always in teams that did well in a cup but didn't do brilliantly in a, in a league. So I've always enjoyed the magic of the cup. And even even this way, I think, as you say, the first one's always the best one. And winning this cup in South Africa actually really did ignite a bit of love for me again In um, with, with Football Manager, having struggled to get anywhere in the cups when I was over in Malaysia for the for the two seasons before that. So, so yeah, the uh, the cup runs uh, are always good. Were there any magical moments in the uh, in the build-up to the, to the cup final? So in the run, that made it even more special? I can't even remember because it was quite a long time ago now. We talk um, about it every week, James. Come on, you must be able to remember it in graphic detail. It probably would have been. I mean, given that it was our first champion, it was our second Champions League campaign. So we'd only really just come into it money. So I was still getting used to the fact that Brentford were becoming a bit of a force. Um, 
So at that stage, um, getting to the quarterfinals and the semifinals was was a bit of a surprise to me. So I mean, I, and I, I was beating teams like uh, Juventus, um, Bayern Munich, uh, obviously Man United in the final and things like that. But I can't remember how the games went. But I remember I, I remember we were beating like giants of European football, and it was mental at the time. So how, how do you go about preparing for these for these cup finals then? Have you got any particular things that you do or do you just leave it like pretty much I do to, well, we're a good enough team, we'll just give it a go? It all depends on what what I'm doing in other competitions as well. So, and it was, if, if I've got like, if it's like in the middle of the season, like if you've got like a league cup um, and it's like not as, not as important as maybe going on and winning the Champions League later on the season, or going for the league title or something like that. Um, I'll look to, I might sort of tweak things a little bit here, maybe sort of not rest a couple of players, but like maybe before the, the cup final, think about my selection a little bit more. But if it's like the last game of the season, it's an FA Cup or Champions League or, or something like that, then I would I would pretty much keep things as they were. Um, I would do a little bit more preparation on the team that I'm playing in terms of looking at uh, how how they would be expected to line up, how I could probably like snuff out their tactics a little bit, snuff out their approach. Um, but most of the time, I, I tend to just keep faith in you know the the eleven and the, and the tactics that got me there in the first place. Yeah, I'm I'm very much like that, which will be no surprise to anyone. I I very much have the attitude of well, we've got to the final doing something, so we must be doing something right. So let's go and see if we're better than they are, probably the Arsene Wenger sort of school of cup final yeah. management. Really. But, but I, I, I believe that I don't, I don't typically rest players before the, um, before the final or anything. I suppose the only time that would happen is if you were sort of like, you know, oh, this is going back some years, Manchester United, uh, back when they won the treble in 99 and they had three, what, tantamount to three finals yeah. in, uh, in in sort of like six days or something with the uh, with the FA Cup final, the Champions League final and the final league game to, to win the title. There, there might be a little bit of rotation at that point if if players are massively knackered. But um, if I can keep the same 11 for a, for a, throughout, then then I tend to do it. I tend to do it that way. Certainly going into this final, um, it was the week before the end of the season, which was a very strange time to have a final. Just play the final round of league games first, then play the cup final. Let's do it properly. But they don't do that in South Africa. Um, so, yeah, we had uh, we had the cup final, might have even been midweek, and then the final league game on, on the Saturday. And as, as we already knew that we were finishing second in the league, I just, there was absolutely no reason to do any resting of any players whatsoever. So we just went out with the full strength side. Um, and even down to the opposition, well, I thought, well, I've beaten you twice in the league this season. I doubt you're going to have anything particularly to worry about this time. So we just hit play. And uh, I can't even remember what the score was. I think it was 3-0 or something, but it was it was very, very comfortable. Nice. But yeah. But no, my, I, my first, my, I suppose the biggest cup final I remember, actually we didn't win it, but the cup final I do remember was on that wolf save that I've mentioned a couple of times um, back in FM15 when I was trying to emulate what uh, what Brian Clough had done. And we got to the Champions League final with, with Wolves. And I was like, okay, this is this will be a big one to tick off, obviously. And we got Bayern Munich in the, in the final. And it's one all and it's uh, the 89th minute and we get a penalty. 
Wow. Now, obviously, I'm getting quite excited by this because it's Bayern Munich and it's still quite early on in, in FM. So it's only about sort of five or six seasons in. It's not sort of like decades in or anything. Uh, so Bayern Munich is still still pretty strong. And we get a penalty and we miss it. Wow. And literally, without the ball going out of play, I think it might have been, they go up the other end and score, which was very, very, very disappointing. And we ended up losing our first Champions League final in the last minute, having missed a penalty. So, so yeah. Uh, but I still don't think there's any preparation I could have done that would have encountered us or uh, covered that one. Maybe I would have chosen a different penalty taker, but we always would choose a different penalty taker after you've missed it. Yeah. Um, and he'd scored plenty during the season. So, uh, so thank you, Tommy Rowe. Um, if you ever do listen to any FM podcast, you broke my heart that day, which is probably why you've ended up not playing it for Wolves in the, in the Premier League next season. That, that, that reminds me of um, do you remember when Watford made it to the playoff final that way um, who were they playing Cardiff who missed a penalty or might, yeah might have been happened to Brentford as well actually in, in real life as well I think might have been when Leicester, when Leicester were going up or something yeah something like that, that it, it was just mental like mental 30 seconds where the team saves a penalty and then goes down every and scores the winner right at the death and it just it sort of always falls under the category. Oh, it's the magic of the cup, isn't it? Even if it isn't a cup game, but it always sort of falls under the magic of the cup. So let's move on to the question of the week then, Jamesy. Let's see what we've asked the guys this time round. Question of the week. So as ever, we threw out this week's question of the week to the tens of followers that we've got on social media. And we've gathered up all the answers to the question, which was, how do you prepare for a cup final? Fairly obvious question, given the theme of today's podcast. As as ever, we've had some great answers. So James, kick us off with the first one. Yeah, so the first one we've got is uh, at Steve-O underscore 24. Stephen says, um, the Axis Dio have already won the game. Lose 3-0 because I've never bothered with tactics, etc. I've got myself to sleep and realise I can just I can just not save the game and redo the whole day until I win. Um don't know what other people think about that, but that's a, it's a, a frowned upon method by saving the game before you play it. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that's slightly tongue in cheek there. It doesn't it doesn't feel like the most serious answer. <laughs> and of course, if it is a serious answer, just take him down. I mean, I mean, how could anyone ever cheat at football manager? That is a... That's uh, that's like shooting the Pope or something. Um, right, we got Ponzi at FM underscore Ponzi, and this is this is a quite quite a serious answer. This one, uh, he treats it the same as any other important or difficult match. He heads to the analysis section to check out how they pass and how their wide men play. Maybe he needs to close down or man mark someone out of the game. Uh, also, he also needs to know if their fullbacks come roaming forward or stay back. He trusts his formation, but he also likes to see whether he can make adjustments that will make life harder for the other team. That's why he likes his 4-1-2-3 uh, tactic, because it's very easy to change roles and get a totally different performance in terms of pressing and build-up. The one thing Ponzi hasn't told us, though, after all that meticulous research, did he win the cup final? Sounds like he's prepared well enough to do it. Sounds like he's prepared well enough, for sure, but, but I'm sure Marseille prepared pretty well yesterday and then their central midfielder couldn't control the ball. So it does change. OK, so next up we've got um, George Osborne. Everyone knows George from the DLP. Uh, George says, I just give Timo a pat on the back and say, go get him, Tiger. 
Indeed. More love there for Timo Werner. Is it Werner? Did he say Werner or is it Werner? I think it's Werner. Timo Werner. Timo Werner. We'll go with Timo Werner. Cracking player. FM 18 legend for, for George. Uh, go on George's timeline to find out his recent cup final heroics. Uh, I've got Darren Butler at Darren Butler 87. He says, if finding the best suit you have and putting it on isn't on the checklist, do you even know how to play football manager? James, have you ever suited up? I don't think I have, actually. Thank God for that. Um, no, I've seen, I've read articles and, and seen videos of people doing it, but no, I don't think it's, it's not for me. Not for I, think, I, think it was, I think it's funny the first time, but the 900th time, probably not as much. No. Personally. But then I probably wouldn't wear a suit if I was actually a manager on the sideline anyway. So I'm a more tracksuit manager. Yeah, I'm. Uh, well, I don't, I don't, I'm in Spain now, so it, 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 there almost seems to be some kind of sort of style guide to being a coach in, in Spain, even if you are sort of down in Division Seven, like like we were. So so no, it wouldn't be tracksuit. It wouldn't be suit. I'd probably have to go down to the Spanish equivalent of Marks and Spencers and something and dress myself uh, suitably. But I, I'm 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 not I'm not the coach, thank God. So it's probably why we won the league. Um, anyway, next one up, we've got. Oh no, it's you, James. Go on, James. I'm jumping over you then. We've got Charlie Tango at Charlie Tango FM. Uh, Charlie says the hashtag lets you choose FA Cup finals the week is at the weekend. So I've been in the middle of preparation. Uh, mine has been to relive the journey to the finals for both in the hope of learning something, just doing, doing his homework on, on, the, on the, uh, his opposition. Well, that's a nice little plug there for the, the Let You Choose series, which is running on footballmanagerdaily.com. Find out who, wins the FA, who wins the FA Cup final uh, at the end of the weekend. Uh, we've got uh, Anonymous Dingo at Jack underscore Wills underscore 95. He thinks back to previous finals that he's lost pinpoints exactly what previous mistakes he's made and then after a lot of consideration he makes exactly the same mistakes over and over again fantastic great so i've never seen i i i know that's slightly tongue-in-cheek but i'm sure some people would actually go back and look at previous finals that they've played and see if they could do things differently but it's why would you just look at a final as an isolated sort of thing surely you'd be looking at the body of work for the season rather than just well we lost a final two years ago so i've never understood these questions around well you lost um you lost to Spurs five years ago when you last played each other. It was five years ago. It doesn't really count. No, it doesn't. Especially with loads of different players. you probably got a different tactical approach as well, maybe. Yeah, and it's like all those records that get broken. Was it? I can never remember which way around it was. It was either Tottenham winning at Chelsea for the first time since Gary Lineker. Oh, no, it was Tottenham. Tottenham winning at Chelsea for the first time since Gary Lineker scored in like 1991 or something. But... Oh, I, I genuinely wonder if that really does play on the Spanish right midfielder's mind when he's playing against Tottenham for the first time. It's, it's not exactly... I mean, maybe the fans hold it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we're going off on one of the tangents that we really don't need to. <laughs> okay, so next up we've got uh, at Cameron Isles or Eels. Apologies if I said that wrong. Uh, Cameron says, uh, it's a stiff drink and a long trip to the loo beforehand. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. If that works for you, Cameron, go for it. Now, Cameron did tell me how you pronounce his surname as well, and I've forgotten. So talking about preparing for a podcast, let alone preparing for a cup final. Never mind. I think it's Isles. I think it's Isles. It's probably Eels now. But anyway, Cameron. Um, right, and then this one. Uh, this is a, this is one with a slightly different, uh, different approach from at Jamie Brackpool. Sit down with your players. Gaze around the room as silence lingers in the air. 
tell them about your failures as a player and how you wish you were in their position right now. Shed a tear. Wipe said tear away. Provoke loud cheers and applause from the team. As silence falls back over the room, say something like, Now lads, we may not be the fastest, we may not be the strongest, but we have the most heart. Let's go win us a football game. And when if you play, one of your players says, but sir, how do we deal with this team? They have Ronaldo and Messi. Silently and slowly walk to the door, open it, and then suddenly scream at him to leave. You have no time for anyone who doesn't believe in the team. This sets the standard and tone for the rest of the side. Another player says, but sir, that was our best player. We need him. Immediately realize your mistake, run after the player and use the player chat facility to beg for forgiveness. Then bribe yourself the referee and go and win yourself the Yeah, I'm not sure that one would work, James, actually. What about you? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Never mind. But anyway, excellent, excellent answers as ever from the community for our for our question of the week. And that's going to move us seamlessly into to the next segment, which is, of course, FM Tip of the Week with at FM underscore Grasshopper. Here's your Tip of the Week. Guys, back with another hint and tip. Here we go. When sending a player out on loan, a club can prevent him from becoming cup-tied by ensuring the can play in cup matches clause is not active. This is a bit like Dangir making me wear this chastity belt, which prevents me from coming on the main Deep Line podcast to chat to you guys. Sorry. Alright then James, so in true podcast tradition, we now need to go over the five things to do in preparation for a cup final. I think all in all, we only really got one useful answer, and that was from Ponzi. So we'll have to draw on some of our own experiences here as well. So what is number one? Number one is, uh, first up, check the fixture schedule and prioritise. Um, so, I mean, this could be if you've got a cup final in the middle of the season, or if you've got some important fixtures coming to the end of the season before the cup final, um, and you, you kind of, you know, you need to, to plan your squad, keep your, your best players fresh. Um, it all depends on how important your other fixtures are, I presume, particularly in the league. Yeah, definitely. I think um, that's probably the only thing I do actually do in terms of preparation for a cup final is that if if I know that, that I, I know what my team's going to be and I want to play that team, but I might still play them in the in the game before. But I'll always do the sort of the uh, the highlight all right click and then rest players in the hope that then they're they're fit for the. Uh, for the, uh, the actual cup final. Um, and I'm a sentimental old fool, actually, if somebody is carrying an injury, but they are one of the key players. I don't want to deny them a day out at Wembley or wherever it was in South Africa that we played our cup final. So uh, so they probably get selected. Speaking of which, Dimitri Payet yesterday shouldn't have played in, 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 that, in, that, uh, in that cup final. But do you pick him? Because he's Marseille through and through. I think in FM18, I probably would pick him because of uh, the whole emotional attachment he has to, to Marseille. That's how much I think about these things. I think, I think you pick him as well because he's your best player, isn't he? I think you've got to. I think, I think you've got to gamble on, on that to a... Your best player at 50% fitness is better than not having your best player at all, the way I see it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, I, I, I would have picked Payet last night and I'd pick him if it was an... Uh, a Europa League final and FM18 as soon as we finish this podcast. 
Um, number two, analyze the opposition. Where can you hurt them and where can they hurt you? This isn't something that I do massively personally um, because I do believe that if we've got to a cup final, we must be doing something right and uh, and that will probably or maybe not continue, continue in the final. Uh, but I know some some better players of FM probably will spend a lot of time sort of working their way around the analysis tab, the team reports, the scouting, the opposition, and working out a few things here and a few things there. It'd be interesting to know how many people actually go back to previous matches they might have played against um, these these teams that they're meeting in the final and uh, and having a look at sort of previous games there and lessons learned that that might have come out from from that. Do you? I mean, I I can't remember if you did touch on this, James. Do you analyse the opposition too much when it comes to a final? Not too much. I mean, I, I look at you know, I look at their form, and I look at I might check out some of their stats and stuff. But um, I read the scout report, but I'll only really pay a lot of attention to it. Maybe act on anything if I'm, I'm up against the, the team that's either definitely better than me or one that I, I tend to struggle against tactically throughout the league season. Um, or if it's or if, or if we're, you know we're in Europe, then. Um, I'll probably do a little bit more extensive preparation and research into what I'm up against, how they play and how I can probably um, tweak my tactics if I need to. But as I said before, um, most of the time I will just trust what I've built to get there in the first place and, and go with there and then react accordingly during the final, depending on how it's going. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I'm, I'm too scared of breaking something that's working as well to make sort of like little tactical tweaks yeah. that, that tweak might be the thing that just completely undoes the rest of it so uh so yeah i i, I don't know i'll probably do that out of fear or don't do that out of fear as i should say okay what's number three james number three is the team meeting ah the dreaded team meeting yeah i mean i i rarely have much luck with these things um because i always regardless of i might really, really think, right, this is the perfect way to say this, perfect time to say this, and then all the players will react badly. Um, but, I mean, before a cup final, I don't think I've ever done this in terms of, I mean, I've done team meetings in general. Yeah, they, they, I think, I'm pretty sure they do come up because it's a bit like when you sort of like, you get, you get the team meeting where the captain says it's probably be a good idea to speak to the lads, bearing in mind we can win the league this season. They, they, they come up for the cup final as well, I, I believe. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure I've had one. I must have had one, otherwise we wouldn't have put it in there because I know it went really, really badly for me, which is why when anybody ever suggests having a team meeting with the, with the players, I just move on because they've never ended well. You, you just you just lose the room and typically then lose the game, which uh, which isn't what you want to do heading into a cup final. No, I think I think the, the, when you're in these team meetings, though, the obvious one is to go like, where this is concerned, it's like, come on, guys, win the cup for us. You know, we need to go and win the cup. That's clearly the obvious thing to select, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. And then it falls on totally deaf ears, and you've offended three of your players for thinking they're not good enough to win the cup without you suggesting that they win the cup. Yeah, it's just yeah. So that's why I just I tend to avoid it now. I avoid all player interactions that the game suggests I should have. In in all honesty, I mean, I I remember sort of like praising a Zimbabwean for getting his first international cap or something and getting absolutely shot down by said Zimbabwean who would not have got anywhere near the national team if I hadn't plucked him from the obscurity and given him a chance in my in my club in the first place. So ever, ever since then, I've ignored all player interactions that the game suggests. But that does move us on to point number four, uh, which is, are there any players that do need a bit of a chat beforehand? 
I do then like having conversations with players where I've decided we're going to have that conversation. So if it is a player who's slightly out of form, sort of having a having an interaction with him where you can sort of like choose one of the options, but basically means buck your ideas up or I've got confidence you're going to do really, really well or you haven't scored many recently. I know you're going to score in this one, that, that kind of stuff. Um, or praise a player. For, for doing quite well, though I do try and steer away from praise because that always goes wrong as well. But yeah, the the um, I do think the individual player chats, if you preempt them in the lead up to a big game, can have a, a really positive effect. Yeah, this is one thing I, I don't think I've ever done. Um, again, I, I never do it off my own back. It'll be if you know I might say something to him like congratulate someone on the first cap if I'm prompted to do it, but. I wouldn't before, particularly especially in front of, uh, before a cup final. I wouldn't go right. Okay, um, my striker hasn't scored in three games. I better have a chat with him and gin him up for it. Um, I, yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't use that function. I just either play him or yeah. drop him because he didn't score. I don't use it very often because I think again it can be overkill. But um, I do think I do think that the the the, the sort of like your preempted player interaction side of it does does work quite well. Um, what's uh, what's number five then? Number five is what what is Plan B? Um, I suppose in, in any FM situation, not just sort of preparing for a cup final, it's always worth having a Plan B, whether that's um, a more attacking or more defensive tactic, um, depending on how how the final's going, or whether that's a man off the bench that you know you can rely on to bring on with twenty minutes to go. Um, it's, it's all. I mean, I've always got a Plan B. In, in one way, shape, or form, but you've got to have it. Yeah, definitely. I think if we we judge football on social media in the in the last twenty four hours, what with the England squad just being announced, pretty much still the traditional English plan B is get the big lad up front, pump it in. Doesn't matter if it's Andy Carroll or Peter Crouch or anyone but Danny Welbeck. Um, get him, get him in the squad and just a plan B can be lump it to the big man. That's it, mind you. Mind you, it would be nice to... I, I I have had success once in a cup final from sticking the centre-half up front and going long ball, pump it in the box. And we did score from a knockdown from the big lad, knocking it down to the to the striker who scored, the, scored a goal. So sometimes, although I do say it tongue-in-cheek about the, the English mentality towards a plan B, keeping it simple can actually work. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever done that, but... I'm, I'm, I always, I always like to if it's not going my way. I've always got like two or three tactics that I've that I've sort of and changed through with um, throughout the season, depending on how I'm getting on. And I, I very rarely have gone through a cup final where I haven't changed my entire tactic midway through a game. Right. Okay. That's to go right. Okay, we need to go here. I'm going to change the formation. I'm going to maybe make a sub and change the formation here to, to use my. My, my plan B or my plan C tactic, um, or go the other way around. Um, and it, it, I'm not saying it works all the time, but it certainly it can help, definitely. Yeah, and it's also good. I think it adds again to the magic of a cup final where you've won it and you have made some kind of tactical change. It can be a, yeah. it can be a, it can be a wonderful thing. Great stuff. So that rounds up the five things to do in preparation for a cup final. Number one, check the fixture schedule and prioritise. Number two, analyse the opposition. Number three, the dreaded team meeting. Number four, are there any players that need a bit of a chat beforehand? And number five, what is plan B? Of course, this is not us telling you exactly what you should do for a cup final because we're not that good. 
but it's just our suggestions from our own personal experience of things that we've done in the past that may or may not have worked for us. Don't blame us if you lose your next cup final because you've done exactly what we said. That means you're very, very stupid. Okay? Right then, let's move on to the community roundup. The community roundup. It's time for the segment critics have called surprisingly formal and said, I've never heard you speak so seriously. It's the community roundup. I'm at Longball Foot, and I'm sad to inform you I never got my tenor from Chris for last week's plug. We start this week, though, with Football Manager Daily, where Stuart Davidson has some tactical goodness for us. He's taken a look ahead to the World Cup and trying to answer the question which has stumped Mourinho and United fans for two years now. Just how do you use Paul Pogba? Well, Stuart has attempted the World Cup with France to try and work out an answer, and you can find out over on footballmanagerdaily.com how he got on. Oh, and you can find Stuart on Twitter at Tommy'sBoy007. Fancy following a long-term challenge? Well, the good news then for you is at Viva La Vida FM has decided to attempt to go from St. Lucia to Real Madrid. And no, I'm not making that up. He's just started out, and his most recent post currently follows his progress with St. Lucia in the Caribbean Championships. Will he succeed? Head on over to vivalavidafm.com to find out. With just a couple of club games left of this 2017-18 season, attention has turned towards the World Cup with squad announcements coming thick and fast. I mean, can you believe England didn't call up Nigel Rio Coker? Anyway, if you're struggling to feel an attachment to the teams in Russia and love the Championship Manager games of old, then at CM9798 has got your back. He's got a link to the past for every team at the tournament with some interesting finds. cm9798.wordpress.com for more on that one. The Hall of FM Aim is still up and running and at NewGenFM is fresh off topping the Austrian Hall of Fame with his decade of dominance at Rapid. Join him as he looks back on his tenure and offers up his new job to you too. Where does he end up? Well you have to go to newgenfm2018.wordpress.com to find out that one. I mean was I really going to tell you? And finally, we head on over to Twitch, where one of the best FM streamers definitely deserves a mention this week. At Officially Teach is managing Manchester United currently, and he's made a few ballsy moves. He's just finished up his first season, and it's well worth checking out. Hell, I'm even watching him in the background as I speak to you. Twitch.tv forward slash Officially Teach to see more. There we go. So that's all the great stuff that's been happening in the FM community in the last seven days or so. So, James, I think that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Yeah, that was a good one. It's, um, I'm hoping to, to reach cup final ball in Woodson, so hopefully a lot of that will, will come in handy. Whilst we've got a couple of seconds, do briefly update us on, uh, on what's going on in Bournemouth, but pretend you're doing it in just one tweet. Um, not a great deal from, from like the last time we spoke. I've only managed to play a couple of games, but we're still well on for promotion. Um, if we don't, then we should go up through the playoffs anyway. Great stuff, great stuff. And again, not knocking Boromir, but they must have been very, very disappointed to uh, to have lost in the manner that they did at Wembley last last Saturday. But but hey, they should have had James Jones on board to uh, to rally the troops. Yeah, I wish I had tweeted them that, but I thought, no, I won't kick them all the way down. No. No. All right, James, so where can people find out more about you? You can get me on Twitter, um, it's at James Jones FM, and you can read up on my Bournemouth journey as and when I get the chance to, to write it, write the next episode up over the next week or so at jamesjonesfm.com. 
Great stuff. And people can find me for all things FM at, at Ronnie Dog FM. Uh, the stuff that I'm writing about at the minute is on footballmanagerdaily.com. I'm doing some league guides uh, around the random countries that I'm going to end up in in the next few sort of bits of the save, as well as uh, doing well, writing up pretty much what we're doing on this podcast for people as well, because it was suggested that it might be useful to have it in written down form so people didn't have to listen to my voice, which I thought was lovely. Um, we've uh, You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes and on Acast and all the other uh, all the other podcasting vehicles. So please do do that and follow us on Twitter at the Register FM Pod. Check out the website footballmanagerdaily.com. I think that's pretty much it, isn't it, James? Yep, that sounds like it's it. So we've been the Register Podcast. Uh, we won't be back next Friday because James is on a stag do and I'm getting kicked around a football pitch in Milton Keynes. We won't have time to, re- to record it. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.